Welcome to the Care of Souls podcast with Dr. Stuart Scott and Pastor Adam Tyson. Dr. Scott serves as the Executive Director of 180 Ministries and Professor of Biblical Counseling at the Masters University. Pastor Tyson serves as the Senior Pastor of Placerita Bible Church and Adjunct Professor at the Masters University as well. Visit 180ministries.org and masters.edu to learn more about their programs and services in biblical counseling. I'm your host, Mark Smith, and we're thankful to bring you this next episode on Care of Souls, in which Stuart and Adam discuss practical and profound principles from Scripture to help you faithfully follow Christ. Chapter 14 of The Exemplary Husband focuses on a Christian husband's sensitivity to his wife. Stuart writes, Some men say that they have a close walk with God and yet are not living with their wives in an understanding way. How is it that a husband can believe he is serving and walking with God when he's not loving his wife as he should? Such a man is deceived. Living with our wives considerately is a high standard for any of us. We will be fighting with our flesh in order to obey but we must strive to bring glory to God in how we dwell with our wives. Here's Adam and Stuart. All right. Well, it's great to be back together on the Carousels podcast. Dr. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Adam. Thank you so much. It's a wonderful time to get together again. Oh, that's fantastic. You know what? We're kind of seeing each other a little different. I know our listeners are listening on the podcast, but you are now living in South Carolina. Yes, in Greenville, South Carolina. We uh, moved in the summer, so we've been here... Um, about five months. All right. And that's why we've had a lapse in the podcast. That's right. <laughs> that's it. Well, hey, we're, we're so thankful we can continue today. I know you're doing a great job uh, serving there at a local Bible school and teaching biblical counseling, but we're going to be looking at your book, uh, The Exemplary Husband, and we are all the way down to chapter 14. And the title here of this chapter is A Husband's Resolve, and then you have it in italics, Sensitivity. That's what we want. We want to talk about a husband's sensitivity. And you're taking that from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Uh, why don't you start us off, Dr. Scott, just by when you think of the word sensitivity, uh, what's the overarching uh, concept you're trying to communicate in this chapter? Yeah, it's... Um... You know, we waited to address this issue. Uh, as you know, it's for chapter 14. So there's a whole lot of addressing uh, husbands, their heart, their perspective, their goals, humility, which is the chapter before, and now trying to help husbands reflect the um, love, care, uh, sort of nourishing and compassion uh, towards their wife. Uh, and uh, I don't ever, well, I, I, my memory now, uh, I'm trying to remember if I ever remember a woman saying, help my husband, he's just way too sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually the other uh, way around in the counseling office, isn't it? That's right. Uh, hard, cold, um, unfeeling, not listening, uh, doesn't care about his wife. That's what the things I typically hear. Okay. Yeah. And we're saying that this First Peter chapter 3, verse 7, it's a familiar verse for those of us who are involved in marital counseling. It's one of the main go-tos. Uh, give us a little bit of the historical context of the verse and uh, just kind of walk us through kind of what we'll be looking at here today in this chapter. Yeah, it, it's um, just the context of Rome and Greek at the time, Greece at the time, uh, women weren't held in very high esteem. Mm. 
I mean, there are quotes. I put one in chapter 14 from the Athenian orator, uh, Demosthenes, who said, we have courtesans for the sake of pleasure. We have concubines for the sake of daily cohabitation. And then we have wives for the purpose of having children legitimately and having faithful guardian of all our household affairs. Hmm. It, it was just kind of a typical, um, sometimes the wives were looked upon almost on the level of slaves hmm. and uh, among the Romans. So it just, they weren't held high with honor. And so Peter, uh, with the Spirit of God through the Apostle Peter, is talking about Christians, especially in di- difficult times, how to respond uh, in a glorifying way to God. And it's interesting, the word that he uses here to treat them with honor is, is a few times he mentions it, and it's referred to Christ, mm. uh, that he's, he's uh, you honor Christ, he's precious, uh, words like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he uses that word, this is how you're supposed to treat your wife, as being very precious, uh, living with them in a very, according to knowledge, mm-hmm. taking the time to know them, understand them, uh, and care for them. Amen. Well, we need that. They needed the challenge back then. We need the same challenge today, don't we? We, we do. And it's interesting. And the culture uh, hasn't really changed. A culture tends to demean men and women, mm. and it's through Christ and the gospel that lifts men and women um, with honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's created um, uh, by the Lord Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're talking a little bit about um, the, the historical context of that Roman-Greek culture. There's also the immediate context of the verse. Just build us into a little bit of maybe what's going on in chapter 2, and then chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, to bring us right into verse uh, 7 that we're looking at today. Yeah, the the context, when they have that word likewise, uh, that starts off verse 7, it's building on a theme. And so you go back and you find the same word again in chapter 3, verse 1, likewise, wives. So there's there's a connection there, and then that traces itself back to Christ on how he responded uh, when uh, there are disobedient people around him. He was being persecuted, uh, oppressed. And that's what it goes back to, is how Christ handled uh, suffering, especially when it was unjust. Um, I mean, Jesus never suffered for anything uh, wrong that he did. It was unjust suffering. And then it says in chapter 3, wives this is how you live with an un- disobedient husband, an unsaved husband, more than likely, mm-hmm. which then verse 7 could possibly, I think most probably, refer to how wife, how husbands are to live with wives that may be unsaved. It would apply to any wife, but the theme seems to be with disobedient or unsaved um a spouse in chapter three, verses one through six would be the mm-hmm. husband. And then verse seven turns to husbands. Now this is how you live with your sure. wife, according to knowledge. Yeah, no, that's good. I, I've always thought of it as well. Tell me what you think about this, Dr. Scott, but a lot of uh, first Peter, as we're talking about be, being subject to those in authority over you, chapter two talks about how 
uh, citizens need to submit to the government, how servants need to submit to their masters, how Christ, as you mentioned at the end of chapter 2, needs to submit to his Father's will by going to the cross. Um, wives need to submit to their husbands, uh, chapter 3, verse 1. And then when it says, likewise, or in the same way with verse 7, I've often thought it just to be a reminder that husbands also are under authority. They're under God's authority and God's word, and they don't have the right to be uh, doing it however they want. They have a calling, too, to do it in a particular way that God's prescribed for us in this verse. No, that's really good. Yeah, it, tying the whole uh, of humility, submission to uh, God-given authority, is practicing humility. Hmm. Well, so good. Well, tell us a little bit about what, what you think. We're, we're talking about likewise or in the same way, and then you get right into it here in your chapter about this verse is talking about dwelling together. Uh, why don't you just uh, talk to us about what, what that means and why that's important to understand that living together is more than just living, but actually dwelling together. Yeah, it's just the word that's used in the tense of the verb that's used there is an ongoing day-to-day dwelling, um, the relationship on a day-to-day basis. It's not, I was understanding to her three weeks ago. Mm. It's it's a daily, ongoing relationship. So this is a current event every day, husband checking in with his wife, talking with his wife, engaging with his wife. You can't coast even for one day, right, Dr. Scott? No, yeah, well, we I've been there before, and it doesn't fare well. <laughs> <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it's, uh, you know, it's in, in a very... I say abbreviated way, but in a, in a minor way, how we, when you're not talking, communicating with your spouse in a small way, uh, reflects of our walk with the Lord. Mm. When that goes a day or two and you're not in the word, you're not in prayer much, it's the same thing. It's mm-hmm. just, it seems cold, distant, mm. um, and it's it meant to be vibrant and the same in marriage. And sure. it just have to, it doesn't mean you have hours and hours to sit and talk, especially when you have families and children and everything and uh, various jobs, but it's just connecting mm. throughout the day. You know, and it's interesting. I, th- I think wives have that intuitively in their spirit. And for a husband, it's not intuitively so much in our DNA. And so that's why God's telling us in this verse, hey, you need to make it a point, husband, to be cohabitating and dwelling with your wife. You know, for my wife, it's just like, can we go for a walk? Can we talk? You know, how was your day? If I were to say, hey, it was fine. She'd be like, no, 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 honey, come on. Give me a little bit more, you know, uh, information. And that's just how they're designed. And I'm I'm so thankful for that because otherwise I think too many husbands would drift too far without knowing. Uh, But a wife is often pulling us in, but so does this verse. This verse is reminding us we need to be doing that. Right. And, and I think uh, we would agree, generally speaking, that's the case w- kind of with men and women. But sometimes you'll find them to, to the opposite, yeah. Yeah. where the, the wife is a clicking and doesn't have time for the relationship and the guy wants it. So it's there's always exceptions, sure. but the general, general, the general rule, rule kind of, yeah. Well, we're to, we're to live with our wives as husbands in an understanding way. What, what does that word understanding mean? Well, it literally means with understanding or according to knowledge. And then it's, you're kind of thinking according to uh, knowledge about what? Uh, and it could be knowledge about your own wife 
and the saying is you can't understand women. Well, you don't have to understand all women, just one, you know, your wife. Yeah. Uh, it could, it could mean that to really know her well, which I think it includes, but for a Christian husbands, they also ought to know women, women's roles and responsibilities mm-hmm. from the scripture so they can help love and shepherd them according to a biblical pattern. Mm. So they don't just drift. Mm-hmm. They're kind of thinking through what is the role of a wife and, and husband. I mean, a wife and her role and responsibilities and how can I help her uh, towards that end? Mm-hmm. So I think it's knowing women biblically and then knowing your own wife well. Mm. Yeah, and I love how you give some practical examples of that on page 202 here in my, in my book. It just says, you must gain a knowledge of what attitudes, words, and actions please God. Uh, you must know your wife so that you can live with her in a compassionate and careful way. Uh, you must esteem your wife as valuable and useful and show your gratitude. And you must view uh, your wife as an equal person in life. All of those are so helpful application of what you're saying. It's not just meaning um, know a little bit about her, but really digging in. I think of several podcasts ago, you talked about how you had a notebook on your wife where you would study her and you would know the things that made her tick or that encouraged her or that she valued. And that was helpful for you to have a the deeper the knowledge, the deeper the relationship, the better way you can serve her, right? Yeah. And it's a constant learning process. You know, it's not like a course I take and I'm done. Hmm. It's <laughs> it, because things change in her life. Things that are, are maybe so important to her may not be today. Um, as we get older, uh, maybe health concerns sort of maybe a, a more of a focus. It just, you can't ever go sort of static mm-hmm. uh, in your uh, studying and living with your wife in an understanding way. It's just a, a asking questions and clarifying meaning. And uh, I, I, every time we you know, come across this chapter, it's, it's uh, an encouragement to me because I'm a forgetful person Mm -hmm. and it just, oh, that's right. I need to maybe pick up the pace a little bit more on this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like the constant change doesn't have to be something that you're frustrated by, but it's an adventure. It's a, it's a discovery path that you're making every day because people do change and times change. And, and, uh, and with that comes the opportunity to keep those same conversations going, to learn that new information invariably as we continue to connect and communicate um, on a daily basis. Well, tell us a little bit about what you think here, just about you know living with her in an understanding way. And the next phrase here is showing honor uh, to the woman as the weaker vessel. Uh, this has a lot of uh, different... Uh, views in the commentaries about what what does it mean? Maybe first you could talk about showing honor, and then what does that phrase mean to her as the weaker vessel? Yeah, I, uh, the honor, uh, the word honor is also used to show honor to authorities. It's uh, used in First Peter to show honor to Christ, treat him as precious. In other words, when you're with someone else, they are of more importance than you. Mm-hmm. And that's dying to self again. You know, it's the fact that um, we're the living dead. You mm-hmm. know, we just need to die to self and and uh, live for Christ. This- so when, when we're with our spouse, anything we can do to keep recalling to our mind 
she is of more importance uh, at this time than I am. And sometimes we just want to do all the talking rather than I'm to honor her. And she has commands to honor, I'm going to honor one another, right? Uh, we looked at that earlier on the uh, one another's, outdo one another in honor. So it's it's honoring her, treating her as precious, and then as the weaker vessel. And I, you know, weaker vessel, uh, that could mean uh, physically she may be weaker, but that's not always the case with some men and their wives. Mm-hmm. Some women are pretty, women are pretty buff, and some guys <laughs> are, you know. Those uh, are the ones that are, scare me, just, just being honest. I, those, I, those ones scare I, me. I, yeah, well, I know one uh, counseling situation where the wife is beating her husband up, you know, kind of a thing. So, um, but typically, uh, women are weaker in the physical realm, but boy, they sure have a perseverance that um, can put a lot of men to shame and how they can keep going, but um, they can easily be hurt. And I think we've all experienced that as husbands where we've said something. And if, if I said it to another guy, well, they might just brush it off, but it, they're sensitive and they, they can be hurt easily by things we say or do. So I think in that sense, they are um, the weaker vessel. And, and to treat her, I think as Dr. Mack or Dr. Adams would say, don't treat her like a Rubbermaid garbage can, but treat her like a, an expensive vase, mm-hmm. you know, it, uh, treat her with honor, respect, and they're they're fragile in the sense that they can be easily hurt. Mm. Yeah, I've always looked at that word, the vessel there being used in other portions of Scripture just to refer to the body, kind of like what you're saying, weaker physically. You know, I know in reading on this and teaching on this before, there's other views that would be, well, maybe she's weaker intellectually. I would uh, say, hey, uh-huh. don't go there. That's not yeah. true. You know, women aren't yeah. stupid, right? They're intelligent right. creatures creating the image of God. Uh, I've heard some people say this could mean that she's weaker spiritually, and I've and I've re- tried to remind people that's not true. You know, we're created again equal before God, and our value and our dignity is, you know, with the Imago Dei, mm-hmm. the idea of we're we 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 possess uh, Christ if we're Christians that we've been recreated in the in the in the uh, image of Christ. Ephesians 2.10. So it's not so much, um, you know, intellectually, certainly it's not spiritually. Uh, I would say emotionally, sometimes this is kind of what we're hinting at here with maybe getting their feelings hurt more easy. But I would I would argue, are guys really that much more emotionally stable, you know, when they can't really uh-huh. connect with that, with that tender side that is a real uh-huh. um, value in human relationships and community? And so, you know, I just think we should be really careful not to go down those rabbit trails, but to come back to the body physically. To me, it means that there's an opportunity to show honor just as protector, you know, mm-hmm. as provider, as uh, somebody who would uh, practice chivalry. You know, uh, I mean, I grew up in the South, you know, and that's, yeah. that was just kind of part of our culture. You know, I remember going to church and my dad would open the door for my mom and, and, and she would get out and the three kids, we would walk into the front door of the church. He opens the door again. Uh, I remember one time it was raining and uh, he, didn't, he didn't get out and uh, she just sat there in the, in the, in the, in the passenger seat. <laughs> we walk inside the church and we think, oh, this is great. And then dad said, oh, oh forgive me. Just, just a minute, kids. I'll be right back. <laughs> 
And he runs back out in the rain and grabs uh, her arm, you know, and leads her in. And it's just a yeah. reminder of the, the uh, we have incredible opportunities to serve our wives. And that's yeah. dying to self, considering them and their interests is more important than our own, Philippians 2, and just honoring them in a plethora of ways. Yeah, especially with our speech and actions uh, that we don't cut them down. Mm. We seek to build them up. And as you said, doing things that serve them and uh, seek to meet their needs. You, you, it's pretty much impossible to honor your wife too much. Uh, I love all the practical ways that you give at the end of the chapter on 204. You talk about um, tell her what she means to you and how thankful to God you are for her. Uh, how often uh, do you do that, Dr. Scott? <laughs> You're going to put me on the spot, huh? Well, yeah, I'm trying to get uh, an idea of how often I, I need to be doing I don't this. do it enough. But uh, I try to do it. And my point is, it's impossible to do it too much, right? It's it's not. Yeah, I don't know anyone that does it too much. Uh, But the more we can increase in that, it just it's so encouraging to them. And you know, likewise, if they say things that they appreciate that we're doing, you know, Mm -hmm. if we're working or whatever we're doing, how that sets well with us. I just think encouragement across the board, uh, we can always excel still more. Yeah. And I love how you continue in that list. It's not only tell her how thankful you are, but give specific things that you appreciate about her and what she does. Is it that sometimes what our wives will ask? Well, what, what are you thankful for? Yeah. Yeah. It just means we've put more thought into it than just, um, hey, thank you. Uh, it's noticing and uh, bringing to attention specifics. And that, that um, it just shows uh, attention uh, to the person mm. rather than just thank you for everything. You know, thank you for all you do. Well, that, thank, I mean, that, that's encouraging. But when someone starts mentioning specific things, that means they've been noticing and um, recalling to mind, sure. which is goes further, goes deeper. Be specific. That means you're digging deep, you're thinking, you're not just being trite or just repeating yourself all the time. Um, I love the one that you say here about only say things to her that will build her up. Of course, from Ephesians 4, 29, you know, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only that which is helpful uh, for building others up. And then you say even constructive criticism or admonishment can be done in an encouraging way. So you're saying here, honoring her might be correcting her. I think that's another chapter when, when needed. But even in that, you're, you're doing it in a loving way, patient way, with grace, seasoned with salt, being an encouragement. Right. And it goes kind of back to Revelation 2 and 3, where we get the pattern when Jesus addresses churches, that he says very encouraging things to them. Mm-hmm. And then in some of the churches, he has to address an issue he does it with love and care, and then he closes with encouragement and grace. So it's just all seasoned with grace, mm. um, and not just an abrupt, hey, you're doing this or doing that. It, it's it's packaged well, and that just takes time. Uh, sometimes we don't do as well on that sure. packaging, mm-hmm. uh, the issues with grace. I like it. I like it. How about this one? Say things that build her up to others when the two of you are with others. Um, maybe give us a, a perspective of the balance of what to watch out for, maybe how to do that well. Yeah. Um, whenever talking about your wife, 
at all at any time. It, it shouldn't be about her weaknesses, but mm. about her strengths. And I think that just it goes well that we're going to lift her up as much as possible. Uh, and it's not like jokes about your wife and sarcasm about your wife. It's just when uh, when she's with you and when she's not with you that you're trying to think the best of her and present her in the best light. So in my classes, sometimes when I'm teaching on marriage and family, I'll give all kinds of negative examples about me. Mm-hmm. That's easy to do. <laughs> I got a lot of them. Uh, but I don't do that about her. And I think that just, it, it sets well with the listener. And it, it also is what we're supposed to do and honoring one another. Mm. Well, talk to me about uh, just the end of the verse there where it says something about so that your prayers may not be hindered. Um, what, what do you think that Peter's trying to get at there um, about challenging the husband? This is how you live. I mean, she's, you know, we didn't even talk about she's the co-heir of the grace of life, co-inheritors of the gospel of, of salvation. Uh, maybe you want to comment on that and then that your prayers may not be hindered. Yeah, and it, it could be that they're co-heirs or uh, of the grace of life of the gospel, mm-hmm. or if you're really looking at the theme there of maybe living with someone who's unsaved, is that we're just heirs together of we're graced with life. Mm-hmm. We're fellow human beings created in the image of God, as you mentioned. We're um, fellow human beings. We're, we're graced with life together. Uh, it may not mean uh, of fellow heirs of the gospel, okay. possibly, because of the likewise. And, and I've heard others say as well that the grace of life, the marriage itself, is the grace of life, a gift it, for it, those who are married. It could be. Yeah, it could be. I, it's kind of hard. To, uh, I wouldn't want to push it too much that it's talking about two believers necessarily mm-hmm. because of the, the tying in with Uh, verse one. But when it says that your prayers would not be hindered, that word uh, is to be sort of stiff-armed, roadblocked, and it helps us, it actually uh, helps us think through that I can't say I'm walking close with Jesus when I'm treating my wife uh, horribly or not according to knowledge. I don't care about her desires, her thoughts. I'm I'm treating her like one of the children or worse, but I'm really close with Jesus and I have, mm-hmm. we have a really close, that's not possible mm-hmm. with this verse. This mm-hmm. is, uh, if you don't work at loving your wife well, don't think that things are going to be really good vertically mm-hmm. in your walk with the Lord. Yeah, I've kind of always seen it as, you know, God, um, he delights in our requests and our petitions that we make to him in prayer. And when we're walking in obedience, there's that closer relationship we have with God as a righteous person, like James 5 talks about, the prayers of the righteous availeth much. But mm-hmm. when we're walking in sin and we're walking in disobedience in our role as a husband by not following the principles we've outlined uh, that God has outlined for us in this verse, then it's almost like God is saying, hey, don't come praying to me, asking for me to bless you when you're not already doing what I've, what I've told you to do yep. and instructed yep. you to do first 
obey in these ways in the power of the Spirit, all by grace, but also, you know, as a, as a responsibility to husbands, and then come and ask, yeah. and he would be more inclined to answer our petitions. Do you see a little bit of that going on here? I do. And there, there, you even have an Old Testament example of Joshua when all the, at the Battle of Ai, when all the, the I think, 20-some uh, soldiers were killed. There was sin in the camp. Mm-hmm. There was sin that had to be dealt with. So Joshua goes to pray, and the Lord says, stop praying. Mm. You know, go deal with the sin. Uh, and you don't usually see the Lord say, stop talking to me. Right. You know? Yeah. But that's a, that would be an illustration of sure. deal with what's before you well, even in Ma- obedience. Yeah, even Matthew yeah. 5, leave your sacrifice right here yeah. at the altar, yeah. go make it right, and yeah. come back. So God's yeah. saying, hey, I want you to walk in obedience, and I also want to answer your prayers. But in some ways, those two things go together, don't they? That's right. They do. Yeah, it's it's loving the Lord and obeying Him by then turning and, and loving your wife well, getting to know her, understand her, treating her with honor, with respect. And it is, it's all wrapped together, the vertical and the horizontal. Amen. Well, I pray that God would just really use this conversation in our own lives. And for those who are listening today, yeah. that, uh, that we would be walking in this kind of obedience and honoring our wives and, um, and are having our prayers answered in accordance with God's will. Every husband needs to ask himself often, how am I dwelling with my wife? It's a very good idea to ask your wife this question as well. Peter made it clear for us that it really does not matter what our circumstances are. We must honor God and how we live with our wives. Regardless of how our wives treat us or what others will think, we must obey God's command. Husband, are you bringing Christian principles into your relationship with your wife? Do you know your wife and her life well enough to live with her in a considerate way? Are you honoring your wife and how you think of her and treat her? If so, you are exemplifying Christ's love. If not, Your prayers are being cut off by God and your marriage will suffer. Living with your wife with understanding is something you must do as an exemplary husband. Until next time. We hope you were blessed by the Care of Souls podcast. Please pray for us at 180 Ministries and the Master's University as we seek to edify the church and exalt Christ through biblical counseling that is faithful to Scripture. Consider supporting 180 Ministries financially so we can continue to bring you sound wisdom from God's Word on these everyday topics. Visit 180ministries.org to give online and send an email to info180ministries.org with your feedback and any questions. We'd be grateful to hear how this podcast is helping you. And we look forward to having you join us on the next episode of the Care of Souls podcast as we discuss exemplary husbands and excellent wives.